How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. Okay, everybody, we are here with the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is the immediate reaction to the Boston Celtics winning the championship. Boston just won the title. They are the champions of the Utah Jazz Summer League. But, you know, that was nice. They won three games in a row on a Terry Rozier buzzer beater, no less. So we're here to talk about that. I'm John Corrales. Jay King joins me from the car going to play basketball. He is so inspired by Terry Rozier's game-winning three that he got into the car and decided he'd need to go shoot. Yep. <laughs> Terry Rozier, man. That, that kid is really impressive during summer league. 3-0 and now for the Celtics. He had another big game, 23 points, uh, a game-winning three-pointer and one with 1.8 seconds left. He's just showing a lot more poise, I think, and a lot more recognition of where to pick his spots. He's been really good. I mean, he, he's looking like a guy who, who's making a case for rotation minutes, which is huge, as we've talked about before, because of the Evan Turner departure and the Celtics' need for more ball handling in the backcourt. He, is, he has really looked good. He's, he's been a step above the summer league cut through all three games so far in the summer league. Yeah, he's impressive. He's really done uh, a, a pretty good job here in the summer league. His final numbers tonight, uh, 8 of 15 shooting, that three that he hit at the end. He got fouled on it, by the way. He missed the free throw. It was the only free throw he missed. Uh, 23 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists. I'm not big on summer league statistics, but that's, that is the kind of line that you like to see no matter what from a guy that you want to get into your rotation. This is the type of, if you're looking at a guy in summer league and and trying to decide where he fits in the team, putting up numbers like this pretty consistently is a very, very good sign. So, and a funny quote from Rozier on that last three, he said he was gassed, but Danny Ainge came in and whispered in his ear, I don't care how tired you are. You've got to shoot the ball. That is fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. Forget, forget your exhaustion, youngster. You got 1.8 seconds left in the Utah altitude. Give me a game winner one time. Undefeated season for the Summer Celtics yeah. in Utah. Three games, three wins. Very nice. Uh, again, impressive for Terry Rozier. Uh, interesting, a couple of other guys. Gershon Yabusele. I, I'm trying to figure <laughs> Yabusele. <laughs> the, the French accent there. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. I, I'm trying to figure out exactly how it's pronounced, and I, I'm, I'm trying to give it a little bit of flair. I want to make sure it's it's correct. I want to do him justice. The Dancing Bear. Not the best best game, but, you know, eight 8.7 rebounds, displaying some pretty good footwork. That guy's a beast, man. He is like a huge – he's like two Marcus Smarts taped together 
It's kind of crazy. He is a huge kid. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And he moves his feet really well. Like they weren't lying when they called him a dancing bear. There was one play in tra- transition where he stole it from one of, uh, the San Antonio's guards and then led the break and, and dished it off to Abdul Nader for an easy bucket. That was just a really, really, really nice move. He, he's telling him, man, he's got a lot of big baby to him. And the, the thing I don't know about him and, and maybe this, this is a, a wrong criticism at this stage of his career. I don't know, like, is, is, he a, is he a power forward who can't yet shoot threes? Obviously, he may not play in Boston this year. Danny Ainge said the Celtics are undecided yet on whether he'll be a drafted staff. But I, I wonder what he'll be. Like, I think he's going to need to develop that three-point shot and really become a floor spacer because I'm not sure he has the height to defend centers. And, you know, obviously the way the game is going now, your, your power forwards need to be able to shoot the three. Other than that... Gershon, 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 Yabusele, <laughs> however you say it, man. Gershon, he's, Yabusele. <laughs> he's, done, he's done a lot of good things for them, and especially after a disappointing first game. He's got some intriguing talent. You know, I took three years of French in high school way back when, and I never knew why. Now I realize it has prepared me for this moment, for when the Celtics drafted a French kid named Gershon, Yabusele. And I can pronounce I would, it fairly fluidly. I was so bad in French that my teacher would say the homework, and I wouldn't understand what it was. So I couldn't <laughs> even do the homework. I, <laughs> that, that's I can, how bad I was. I can, if I were dropped in the middle of France, I could ask to get to the beach and to the library, which really is yeah. all you need to know. So, yeah. uh, And then... I, I, <laughs> I ended up having I ended up having to have a meeting with my professor halfway through the semester to tell him that I was not trying to show him up by not answering his questions. I was just really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> well, freshen it up, buddy, because this guy Gershon Yabusele might be something here in Boston. So yep. brush up. Uh, a guy who might not be something here in Boston is James Young, who, to his credit, and I don't want to be unfair. He has shot the ball okay. You know, he, he, he that's something that he is supposed to do, and he shot the ball well for three games. So, but, but, he's not doing much else well. And Danny Ainge, uh, you know, held court a little bit today and, and, and made some comments, and he did address James Young saying that they had to be patient for the first few years, but now it's time, and the pressure is now squarely on James Young to perform. So the, the stuff we're seeing from Terry Rozier is kind of the stuff that we needed to see from James Young to, to feel any sort of confidence that he could contribute to this team on an NBA level. Again, not that the 20 points and seven rebounds and six assists or whatever the numbers are mean much necessarily, but if you can't get those numbers against summer league competition, just like if you went to the D league and you couldn't get those numbers, then that says something about you. And I'm starting to have these fears. Well, I shouldn't say I'm starting to have these fears. I'm, I'm really buying into this belief now that James Young either has to shoot 45% from three, so he becomes a specialist, or 
that's it. He goes to Europe. That's it. He he's done. I don't I don't see him as an NBA player unless he just somehow becomes a dead eye specialist from three. Yeah, and the thing about him is, you know, what Danny Ainge said tonight that the Celtics will keep Amir Johnson and Jonas Durepko. If you include Jalen Brown, the roster is now up to 13 guys with guaranteed contracts. That does not include Yabusele, who may still stick with the Celtics next season. That does not include Ben Bentel. That does not include Demetrius Jackson, the Celtics' two second-round picks that have a shot to make the team. So roster numbers are getting tight. And, I mean, if, if you need to move one person right now to clear a roster space, whether it's to get a free agent, whether it's to hold on to Jared Sullinger and or Tyler Zeller, whatever the case, it, it's looking like, like Young should be that guy. And it's really early to, to give up on him. He's still only 20 years old. He really can shoot the ball. Uh, like, he, he's done some, some okay things in summer league. But, again, it's year three. Like, it, it's, it's really time for him to, to step up. And I'm not sure he's done enough. And, and I think the pressure's really on him with the roster numbers to, to really state that he, he deserves a spot on the team that he deserves it more than Jackson or Bentle or anybody else the Celtics might target in free agency. And I'm not sure he's done that. So that's something to keep an eye on moving forward, what they do with James Young, whether they do decide to move him to clear a spot. Because he's been okay in summer league, but but definitely not great and definitely hasn't, you know, removed himself from that roster bubble, I think. Yeah, I I – I agree. Like this is just—I feel like this is the end of the road. I feel like Danny Ainge's comments tonight were directed specifically at James Young to say, "Look, you've got Las Vegas. This is it. You've got Las Vegas, and and we're done. So you better go out there and and step it up or do something. And if you don't, then yeah, maybe it's time to ship him out to somebody." Maybe the Lakers will take him in part of their long-term rebuild or Philly or somebody else and and give us one of those top 55 protected second-round picks in exchange, and we'll just be done with it. Just be done with it. I mean, the kid's only making less than $2 million a year, I think, at this point. Um, so, yeah, the, somebody somebody may want to give him a little extra time to try to develop this year and who – can maybe give him some NBA minutes and he can turn into something. But I just don't see him becoming anything useful to the Celtics this year. Uh, Ainge did talk tonight. So he did, he, he did mention Amir Johnson, Jonas Jerebko. Those guys are getting their guarantees. So they'll be back. One guy that got away that was discussed tonight, Kevin Durant. And today Ainge opened up about the Durant pitch, which is really, really interesting stuff. So he talked to uh, he talked to the Globe, talked to the Herald. He, he kind of spelled it all out, and we got an insight onto how that you know Tom Brady got involved. We know that Tom Brady was vacationing, and towards the towards the the as they got closer to the meeting, they were texting, and and Brady said he was in. And they were in Atlanta pitching Horford. And so now they all get in there. And the details of him sitting down and the players kind of leaving on their own and then coming back and the players get excused. Uh, 
and then Brad Stevens doing his pitch, kind of like we said that he would. I swear that they listened to our podcast about what they should do because basically everything they did was was straight out of our playbook. <laughs> we said, sit down, have Brad Stevens, you know, geek out with him, tell him exactly how he's going to be used, impress him with Stevens' wisdom, and that's kind of what they try to do. They, they try to keep it to basketball, it seems like. And then they brought Brady in, pitch him up being a legend. That was part of part of what we said. And then uh, what else was there? Oh, and He then, even wore the sneakers. He even wore the sneakers. And Wick, Wick Grosbeck said that they, they did pitch him on some possible trades they could have made if he did sign, which I thought was interesting. And obviously something you kind of needed to do because you were up against the Warriors, you were, were up against the Spurs, teams with mightier current rosters than you have. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying they definitely listened to the podcast, but they used everything we said. They definitely listened to the podcast. I mean, look, that's fine. The good thing is that we're doing this podcast every day. By the way, subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. Just want to get that out there. So they definitely, they definitely listen to us. And now that we're doing these basically every day, finally Danny Ainge can be a good GM. And, and <laughs> <laughs> I can't even finish that with a straight face. Really, the yeah. thing, the thing that interested me the most was the the trade aspect. And, and Ainge was asked if any of the deals that were presented around draft time were deals that could have been done to maybe persuade a, uh, uh, Durant to go to Boston. And Ainge said, basically, they could have done deals that he refused to do, but he said, quote, I think that KD really likes our players. And as Steve Wilpet put it, uh, in other words, Ainge would have had to part with one or more core players that were part of the reason Durant was attracted to the Celtics in the first place. That line I just said was from the Herald. So interesting to me that deals that Ainge could have done, he passed on in part because it would have cost him players that Kevin Durant liked. So, and then Ainge added, we weren't able to produce Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green. And no one else, no one else really can do that either. There's only one team that can do that. So, the, in the end, you got to see this insight that Ainge made these moves or passed on these moves in part like we've been saying, for roster flexibility and cap flexibility. But he also didn't want to ship off guys that would have attracted a guy like Kevin Durant and may have attracted Al Horford, too, by the way. And I can only assume that Jay Crowder is one of those types of guys. And and who knows, maybe Avery Bradley or Marcus Smart or even Isaiah Thomas was one of those guys. I don't think Isaiah, but... Uh, so the roster itself and... And the challenge of making the trades, really an interesting dynamic here for the pursuit of Kevin Durant. Yeah, and and I thought it was interesting, too. Uh, Grosbeck said, he told 98.5 The Sports Hub, that Durant asked him if he'd be willing to go deep into the luxury tax to keep guys like Avery Bradley, Marcus Smart, Isaiah Thomas, who will all be due for big pay raises in 
2000, after the 2017-2018 season. So just two more seasons. Uh, and, and he said, yes, absolutely, he told Durant, which is huge because if they do get that superstar player to, to have sustainable success, they're going to have to pay so much money because Thomas, Bradley, and Smart are all going to be due for big, big raises with the wild NBA landscape. And it's, it's going to be crucial that ownership says, you know what, screw it. We, we want to have this championship contender, and we want to keep this championship contender for a long time. And, and that's huge if they really are willing to do that. And they've shown nothing, nothing but generosity, let's, let's put it that way, when building their roster. They are very willing to go out and pay when they have a contender. And, and they've shown that, and, and that's huge. And I, I think you know, that'll be crucial because those contracts, you know, two, two years, those are up, and those guys aren't going to be bargains anymore. No. So they're, they're going to end up having to pay a lot of money to keep this team together. And so there's kind of a rush, to, I think, to get superstar talent because you want to get it before uh, all, the, the, all those guys are up for new contracts. Yeah, and, and of course, next summer is the summer for free agency. So, and, and not only that, you, you want to rush to get those guys because you've got 30 year old Al Horford here and his, uh, his maximum potential is now. Like, 30 years old is not old, but it's, as you march on towards your mid 30s, he's going to start losing effectiveness. So, it's got to start happening pretty soon. And, I think signing Horford kind of starts the clock ticking that in the next two years, three years tops, by year three, this team had better be an NBA Finals contender uh, and not just the conference finals. This needs to be a team that Vegas is putting high odds on to make it to the NBA Finals and challenge Golden and, State. And, no, and then get thrashed by Golden State. Nobody is challenging the state team hey. unless they have, like, three three injuries in the finals, man. That team is so stacked. That team is stacked, but, but, as an aside, I'm going to call back to yesterday's podcast with Chad Finn. Who knows? There's there's the who knows factor. There is the yeah, possibility a- that it won't mesh. There is that possibility that it won't mesh quite the same way. And today we got word that the salary cap next year may not be $107 million or more. It may be $102 million, which, look, if teams are going out there and starting to give contracts based on $107 million, that $5 million difference is huge because that's a lot of mid-level type of guys. The guys who are on good contracts now all of a sudden become the guys you might have to deal to get under the cap or clear some space or whatever. So that could be a big deal. That could hurt, and it could cost uh, Golden State Iguodala next year. So I'm not going to – not next season, but the season after. Obviously, Golden State is far and away. Uh, they, they, they could win 75 or more games next year. They could sweep their way to the finals next season. They could be almost as good as the Summer League Celtics, man. They could be. They may challenge. They may go undefeated in the regular season, too. So, but, but, guys could get hurt. Guys could not like the situation. Steph Curry is a free agent. And now he's probably going to stay, but he's got, they've got one year to screw that up. And 
in my wildest, this will never happen, but it could somehow happen fantasy. Under Armour could be like, you got to get out of Golden State and because Nike horned in on your action and we're taking a huge beating and there's not going to be a sneaker contract anymore after this one if you don't get out of Golden State and go lead another team. So I'm not – I'm just saying I'm throwing it out uh, there. That, that's not, that's, that sounds far-fetched, man. Like, like we don't want you – to play on the, the automatic champion that is going to be in front of everyone's eyes and going to be on national TV a million times a, a year. We don't, we don't want you to do that for <laughs> because we want you to get out of the spotlight. Sneaker, yeah, I, I, sneaker, companies, sneaker companies are weird. Sneaker companies are weird. At the height of Dwight Howard's star and the height of, of uh, Derrick Rose's star, Adidas – and the stories are out there. Adidas did not want them playing in the same market because the two, their two biggest stars would have been on the same team and they would have lost the market share. They wanted Dwight Howard to play somewhere other than Chicago. They didn't want those guys teaming up. So I'm not, I'm not saying that this is going to happen, but I'm, not, I'm also saying that it's not that out there that a sneaker company might say, you're not going to be the MVP where you are now. Kevin Durant's going in there. He's stealing your minutes. He's stealing your points. Yeah, you're going to go win championships, but you've been reduced to a, a smaller player. We want you, as a free agent, to consider going to another team and becoming the MVP again, or else your next sneaker deal is not going to be what you think it is. And if you don't think that matters, guys... NBA player salaries are taxed like crazy. Guys go into other cities and get jock taxes. They are taxed like mad. These sneaker contracts are huge deals. Their, their, their income that goes beyond basketball, beyond the years of playing, those are big, big things. So, I, again, I know that's not necessarily going to happen, but I'm not going to discount a sneaker company's influence on a guy making a decision in free agency. Fair enough. And, and the Celtics, again, they'll have I, – I think that that lower cap projection, assuming it holds true, should help them out because instead of having so much competition for guys on the market, they'll have a little less competition or it'll be tougher for other teams to clear that max cap space. And for them, it's still going to be easy. As long as they don't add any more long-term money this summer, which – that's they're completely against that i assume then they're they're going to still have e easy access to a max maximum contract offered next summer and and some other teams will be hurt more than than this lower cap more by this lower cap than they are yeah i i think the celtics are putting themselves in a position to take advantage of a lot of different climates so i i definitely think that this cap wherever it lands the celtics will still be uh, in an advantageous position. So, you know, credit to Danny Ainge for doing that. But, of course, the 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 asterisk there is you got to take advantage of it and actually do something. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, again, uh, some great insight. If you haven't seen it, you haven't seen it re referenced on Mass Live or Red's Army, the Globe and the Herald have some, some great s stories here on what the Kevin Durant pitch looked like. So... Utah Summer League is over. 
They're off on Friday. They go to Vegas on Saturday to start a, I believe, four-game schedule in Las Vegas. So, And then Summer League will be over. But we'll be here to talk about it all. Uh, if you are a first-time listener, thanks. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, I've got some people tweeting me on Twitter. By the way, if you don't know my Twitter, it's RedsArmy underscore John. If you don't know Jay's Twitter, it's at by Jay King. Uh, follow us there. Uh, but I've gotten some compliments on Twitter, Jay. Uh, people, first-time listeners, love the show. So we we love that you guys listen. The numbers have been great. The numbers have been flying. People are flocking to the show. We're doing them a lot. We love doing them. So we are on iTunes, search Locked On Celtics. Google Play, search Locked On Celtics. You can go to Audio Boom, download the Audio Boom app on, on your wherever app store you have. That's a great way to listen to us and the entire Locked On Podcast Network. We're adding by the seasons by the time the season starts, Jay, we're going to have a Locked On podcast for every team in the league potentially, uh, and if not by the beginning of the season, soon after. So, and and some great names too. I'm really excited about this. So follow us there wherever it is. Go to our Audio Boom page. Get your RSS feed. Subscribe, rate, everything. Follow us on Twitter. Am I leaving anything out? No. I don't think, I don't so. think so. That was a long list. I, I like it. That's a lot. That's a lot. You have options, folks. You, We are the Danny Ainge of podcasts. We have options. We're giving you options anywhere you need to go. But until the next show, we want to thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in, subscribing, and whatever. This is the Locked On Celtics podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network.